Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but also check out the Funkadelphia Southeast PA style IPA and, of course, the Pumpkin Ale. Enjoy a little autumn in the summer. And don't forget, coming in September, it's our official beer, the Pater IPA. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Pater is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline.ag today, or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit pay dirt is presented by bet online where the game starts and of course we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shop.believ.com and search pater for our two t-shirts one as the official show logo over the heart it comes in white navy blue and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt with the pater word mark over the heart and on the back it's got matt mcgloin's name and number reminiscent of the 2012 penn state football team which This season marks the 10-year anniversary of that historic team. So head to shop.believe.com. Again, that's shop.believe.com and search Pater for our two T-shirts. And of course, we thank you for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloinQB11, and at Tom Hannafin. A quick little note for all of our friends listening on ESPN Radio State College. We are going to be moving to a Monday-Friday schedule airing between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern starting as of Friday, September 9th. Okay, so we're going to deliver our usual Thursday episode on ESPN Radio State College the day Penn State plays at Purdue, the season opener, and then we're going to shift to Friday preview episodes and then Monday recap episodes and of course we're going to continue to get you guys great player interviews as the season goes on those are going to be available on the podcast version of the show but we're diving into the season we've got a lot of momentum right now so we've got another great interview and this one is a player who's gearing up for the NFL season Um, member of the Detroit Lions currently playing fullback Matt former Penn State linebacker Jason Cabinda I'm so excited about this. Jason was a staple uh, as a linebacker for Penn State uh, in the mid-2010s, part of that 2016 Big Ten championship team. I mean, when you think about what he contributed to the linebacker position, to linebacker you, he's special in the history of this program. 
You know, it's uh, when you mention somebody that's played linebacker for four years at the Division One level and then makes the transition to play fullback, you know, as an offensive player in the NFL, it just shows you, you know, the playmaking ability. It shows you how talented and athletic this guy is. And like, I think, and I'm not comparing the two, obviously, because they play different positions, but I, I think of like what Michael Robinson was able to do playing quarterback wide receiver at Penn state. Then he goes to the NFL right. and he plays eight or nine years as a fullback. Um, you know, so it's just incredible that guys are they're able to do that. That's how good they are. And that's how, how well they adjust to playing the game of football. And that shows you that they truly are team players. And when you have a guy like our guest today, Tom, who made an impact for four years, at Penn State, he contributed as a freshman all the way up, you know, throughout his senior year. So one of the better linebackers that, uh, you know, we've had the chance to see over the past 20, 30 years at Penn State um, goes undrafted in the NFL. And and here he is, um, you know, in his, uh, you know, his fourth season as a professional football player. So what a great athlete and, um, you know, really glad we're, uh, we're able to have a conversation with him today. We've been so lucky to have so many great players from a lot of different generations of Penn State football. The, your conversation with Keith Goon Conlon, who was a staple of the offensive line in the early 90s, that 1994 undefeated season. Um, our conversation with Jordan Norwood, who was a fantastic wide receiver in the mid to late 2000s. And then I just think it's so fascinating to see the evolution of the program, your team, your uh, squad there in 2012, obviously dealing with sanctions, so much change within the program. Then Bill O'Brien, obviously. Then Jason Cabinda gets indoctrinated into the James Franklin regime, which, of course, we're living in now. So the early stages of what Penn State football has become. So we're thrilled about this conversation. So let's not wait any further. Here is former Penn State linebacker and current Detroit Lion, Jason Cabinda. Here on Paydirt is former Penn State linebacker Jason Cabinda, now a part of the Detroit Lions. The NFL season is right around the corner, about to get started. And frankly, one of the biggest topics of the offseason right now, Jason, is how much of a hit this year's edition of Hard Knocks has been. And you are kind of somebody who's like been there, done that, you know, did it with the Raiders. And now um, this one with the Lions, I am seeing so much uh so much positivity on social media, people being like, I'm pulling for the Lions and I never thought I was a Lions fan. What's it <laughs> been like for you? Granted, you've had limited opportunities, but you're still a part of the show, still a part of the team, obviously, this summer. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we, we got a ton of characters. I mean, I've seen a, a ton of feedback on, on the show and Hard Knocks and all that. Um, a lot of characters. I mean, everybody loves Dan Campbell. I mean, he's uh, the ultimate players coach. I think any time you get the opportunity to have a coach who's played and, and really did his time and had a great career in the NFL. And that, that gets to be your head coach. I think that's that, that goes a long ways. Um, I think our coaching staff in general really is, is truly unique. I mean, Kelvin Shepard, Deuce Daly, Antoine Randall. I mean, you, you rarely see um, an NFL staff like that, where you have dudes who really have done their time and played the game at a high level and at the highest level being, you know, the NFL. So um, I think that just goes a long ways in terms of just how, how into every little bit of detail and advice that they're giving you, just because, you know, they've truly been in your shoes and they've done it and done it at a high level. So you just want to try to match that same level of play. So. 
selfishly as an Eagles fan, I was upset that Deuce Staley got away from our franchise, but he <laughs> seems like he not only was a brilliant player for the Eagles, but is it just a matter of time that he's a head coach in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what, exactly what, you know, Deuce's aspirations are, but I know for a fact that's something that he could handle and he would do a, a really good job of. I mean, he's super motivational, super inspiring. I mean, he de- he's very demanding, he, he, but he brings it out of you. You know, he's a guy that brings the juice every single day, a guy who I'm sure if his body was still right, he'd still be playing today, you know? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that energy and excitement that he brings to every practice really just comes from being able to vicariously live through us, you know? And, and, and when we make a play, it feels for him, it feels like he's the one making the play. So I, I think that's where he gets a lot of his energy and juice from. Oh, I'm sure. And it seems like there's a lot of positivity around the team. You know, difficult history for the Lions, but it sounds like you guys are on to something. Obviously, you're recovering, getting ready for the season. Um, one thing Matt and I were talking about before we started recording here is that you are, have changed positions from linebacker to fullback very recently. And that's kind of something that Penn State fans are like, oh, that's a Joe Paterno thing. Like that would happen all the time. But to do that at at this stage in your career in the National Football League and, and be successful, you got a two-year contract extension. What has the transition felt like? Do you feel comfortable as a fullback? Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't easy at first, obviously, as, as any transition can be, especially, you know, transitioning to a different position, let alone the other side of the ball um, at this stage. But, you know, I do believe that playing linebacker really, really has helped me transition easier to fullback and, you know, knowing what those guys on the other side of the ball are trying to do, where they're trying to fit in the run game in the pass game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been tough, but I, I, I worked hard at it. Um, you know, I knew it wouldn't be something that would be easy, but I knew it was something that I'd be up for the challenge. And, you know, I'm just taking it day by day, you know, just trying to make sure I get better, you know, Going into that season that I did transition, you know, I was still training that offseason as a linebacker, you know, that, that first year at fullback. And then, you know, going into my second year, I had a full offseason of, of being able to do position drills on offense and, you know, just work all those movements, my catching, my route running, all that kind, all those kinds of things, you know, that I obviously hadn't done really since high school. <laughs> um, so, you know, to be able to get back to that and, and get back to my old ways from my high school perspective, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I've definitely had, you know, what a lot would say is a very interesting kind of roller coaster of a career. But, to, you know, to be able to be here and, you know, like you said, I get a two year extension. I mean, I, I'm super blessed and, and super excited for what we're building here with the Lions. Tom, can you imagine if the Raiders said to me, hey, Matt, go play safety? I would love <laughs> to see you explode into dust. It would be the funniest thing ever. I might have just I might have just taken my helmet off and been like, thanks, I guys. I think I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go home. Uh, but no, I mean, look, Jason, obviously, like it's one thing to be able to do that physically, but to understand how to make that change and then understand the game, you know, mentally and, and understand the playbook. You know what you know what I mean? Like that's oh, yeah. that's just it's it's on it's on another level, man. So what yeah, you're I doing is incredible. Yeah, I think, you know, that, that's the part that a lot of people kind of don't they don't really see, you know, they just think, Oh, you know, we're just out there playing football, you know, it's whatever, but you know, there's just so many layers from a playbook perspective, from seeing things from the offensive side of the ball, you know, play calls are way different, you know, 
defensive calls obviously are, are pretty much very short. You know, offensive play calls can be very long, you know, and getting, getting in the, the offensive huddle and hearing the whole play call from the quarterback for the first few times, I was like, damn, like, that's a long play call. You know what I mean? You're, you're sitting there waiting to hear your part or what you're supposed to do and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I've had great coaches. I've had, you know, people around me that have really helped to speed up my process in terms of that understanding and stuff. And then obviously, as you know, you know, put in the time in that in that playbook and in that iPad. So, you know, a culmination of all those things has, has really been a, a big contributor to my to my success here. It also says a lot about who you are as a player and a person as well, because they wouldn't have asked you to do that if they didn't think you couldn't handle it. Yeah, right. So absolutely. It's yeah, man. It's it's incredible, dude. But I, I want to rewind the clocks here a little bit on you, and I want to talk a little bit about Penn State. And you know, for you having the opportunity to play four seasons at Penn State, and what I mean by play four seasons, actually step on the field the moment you got there, you know, and have the opportunity to run out each and every week, uh, each and every year, um, and contribute for four years is is incredible, man. Not a lot of guys have the opportunity to do that. You know, you played in 43 games. You started 36 games in your career. When you look back on that, what does that mean to you? Man, that's uh... – a. Those are pretty crazy numbers. You know, I've never really even, you know, thought about it like that. Like 43 games, a lot of games, you know, to start 36 games. Uh, I mean, just really blessed. I, I knew I was kind of on a mission when I first got to Penn State. You know, in high school, I really only played offense. Um, so that was a transition in itself, kind of going to linebacker and learning how to play linebacker. And I'm, I'm so blessed that I had a coach like Coach Pry, who really showed me the ropes and, and got me to get to a place I was fundamentally sound. Um, I think that was my biggest thing when I first got to Penn State was really just the fundamentals of playing linebacker. And, you know, so I, I was blessed to have a coach like like Coach Pry. And then obviously just like the lore of linebacker you and what that meant and, you know, the pressure of, you know, wearing the number 40 and what that carried and all those things, I think. You know, for me, I just I just wanted, you know, all the players in the past and obviously the present to be able to just inspire and also just to continue to carry that torch and, you know, leave it in a, in a better place. than I found it. Um, and I think that's one of the things that motivated me so much to, to work so hard. And I, mean, I absolutely love playing at Penn State. I love playing defense there. I mean, we, we all grew up saying Penn State and Penn State's greatness. I mean, they've always just always been up there, you know, no matter the circumstance. So, um, you know, to be able to hold that torch for, for four years and, you know, be able to walk away from it, knowing that I put forth my, my best effort and, and did everything that I could to be the best player I could be is something I'm proud of. You mentioned linebacker. You, you're ninth all time in career tackles with 286. Like, has that sunk in yet? <laughs> or, or when, like sitting here today, when you look back, and all the great players that that have walked out onto Beaver, walked into Beaver Stadium, walked through those gates each and every Saturday afternoon, man. Like, is it crazy to think that your name is is with all the greats? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nuts. Um, it's nuts. You know, when I you know, probably first sunk in when um, I think I came back my rookie year for a game and. You know, somebody took me to the Penn State student bookstore where that where those steps are, where our names are the, you know, the mm -hmm. top 10 yeah. uh, all time tactics were to see me, me and Marcus's name, uh, you know, etched in stone there was was very um, surreal. Um, I mean, you talk about, you know, leaving a legacy and things of that nature. Um, I mean, it's something that I'll, I'll be able to hold dear forever. You know, regardless of what happens, who breaks the record or who passes me or whatever, you know, to be to know that at one point in time, you know, I broke that top 10 in, in a at a university that has cranked out 
elite defender after elite defender, um, I, I think it's something to be super proud of. So, yeah, it's surreal. I, I'm not sure if that's really, really sunk in or, or when exactly it will. Probably when football slows down and I'm done, I'll be able to kind of look back and really let that all sink in. But no, it's definitely, definitely something to be proud of. You know, what, what, you know, talk about the transition from Penn State to the NFL, right? Was it, was it a difficult one for you or was it something where you were like, you know, you know, the past four years have led me to this point, this, I can, I know I can make this transition very easily. Or was it one of those things where it was like, okay, this is difficult. You know, this is, this is something new. I know I'm going to have to work my tail off day in and day out to make this a little easier on myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the biggest transition probably between, you know, college and the league is probably two things. One being the speed of the game, you know, just being that, you know, everyone's an elite athlete, everyone's fast, everyone's strong, everyone can run, everyone's explosive. Um, so, you know, that aspect of it. And then number two would probably just be playbook. Um, you know, the playbook is so much more open. The defensive schemes are a lot more intricate in terms of, you know, uh, alignment, assignment, you know, responsibility, all those kinds of things. So really just getting that down and getting down the system and stuff like that was probably the toughest thing as a rookie. And then obviously being undrafted, you know, doesn't make it any easier. You know, you get all the scraps, you know, when you do get in, you got to be right. You got to do the right thing. You got to, I mean, and that's just, you know, that's the league and that's what it is. You know, it's a business, obviously, you know, the guys who get paid are going to get more opportunity because that's where they're there. That's why, you know, they got paid, but you know, I, I've, I scratched and clawed for everything I, I, I've earned in this league. Um, but yeah, that, that, that'll probably be the, the biggest part because it's just like, as a as an undrafted guy, you go in there and you have to make a play. You have to flash because we might have 16 plays of seven on seven. You might only get three reps. Yep. So in Absolutely. those three reps, you better do something. You know, you better make some type of flash, some type of spark or else, you know, you're, you're going to get written off as, as easily as you're written off as an undrafted player. So it's definitely tough, especially, um, you know, being from that that undrafted uh, class. What is that line, Jason? Because whether it's high school, college, the pros, to your point, trying to make a flash, trying to stand out, you'll hear coaches call it, hey, don't be a hero. Don't play hero ball. So there's that fine line that I imagine you've had to walk throughout your career. So how do you gauge that? It's tough. Um, I mean, it's quite the mental battle. Um, you know, that's probably the biggest thing is the mental battle because Sometimes there's not much work for you. Sometimes, you know, a play just doesn't come your way. And, and the last thing you want to do is you want is to start playing outside the system, start just doing stuff on your own. You know, that's the worst thing that you can do. So, you know, there's a mixture of letting the game come to you and a mixture of, you know, I, I got to take this risk. You know what I mean? Or I, I don't want to say guess, but, you know, really use that instinct and that intuition on what's coming, what's going to happen and, and make a play um, on it. And, you know, I, I was able to do that. I was able to show that in the preseason. You know, that's ultimately, you know, why they kept me, um, you know, my rookie year. Cause so, so that, that was tough. Um, I think not a lot of people really touch on or, or talk about the difficulties and what comes with being a, an undrafted guy. But, you know, that's that's really getting it from the bottom. You know, it really is. A lot of risk, a lot of stress, I can imagine. Uh, and there's plenty of stress, I imagine, going into your change in position, especially to a position in fullback. You'll hear a lot of people say it's a, quote, a dying position. Well, it is and it is, and all things are cyclical in football, and it seems like fullback yeah. is kind of coming back around. There's probably less than 10 teams in the National Football League that consistently use a fullback, let alone list a fullback on their roster. Um, yeah. You guys are serious about it, though. So what was that like when you first delved into it? Now that you look around the league, how do you see yourself amongst the other fullbacks that are doing it? 
Yeah, I mean, when, you know, when I first got here, um, or better yet, when I first made the transition, and you know, we still had you know Maddie P and them as, as our coaching staff. I mean, I was probably used ten, maybe I probably got ten to fifteen offensive snaps a game. Um, but you know, when when Dan got here and and you know he was serious about playing Smash Mouth football, he was serious about. We're going to come in. We're going to play 12. We're going to play 21. We're going to get in 22 sets, 13, three tight end. You know what I mean? And, and really pound the football and establish the run game. You know, when I when I figured that that was a mentality, that's when I really knew that this was an opportunity I could really take advantage of. And I was able to do that, you know, last year um, and, and kind of make that that first impression, you know, on our staff. You know, I've always been – you want to play linebacker. I'd always been a very physical player. So from the physical aspect, I knew fullback was something that I could do, you know. Getting back to – you know, catching passes and, and, and running routes and doing all that stuff. And, you know, now I've transitioned to, you know, playing a bit of tight end as well. You know, when TJ uh, Hawkinson went down last year, you know, I started getting some tight end reps in game. Um, and even that was an even bigger transition outside of just, you know, playing fullback. Cause, I mean, that's something I, I had no idea that as a tight end, I mean, you've got to know everything. I mean, that's got to be one of the smartest positions outside of quarterback. And, you know, before playing it, I had, I had no idea that playing tight end was, was that difficult. I mean, you got to know the run game. you got to know the pass routes and pass concepts, pass protection, because sometimes you're going to be in pass pro. So, you know, learning all those things and learning new techniques and really just doing things I had never done. You know, I would I would have never guessed that coming into this league, I would, there would ever be a point in time where I'd be in a three-point stance on the line as a tight end blocking outside zone on Khalil Mack. I mean, I just – I never <laughs> thought that, that – No, I thanks. I never thought that Hard I would pass. be in that situation. <laughs> But um, no, I mean, I, I've learned a lot and I'm, I'm continuing to grow and really just trying to take advantage of, of any opportunity to throw my way and any avenue that they believe that I can conquer. So are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack Flat should describe your TV screen, not your TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. Breeze through setup with help from the Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, stream music, radio, podcasts, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com. That's S-O-N-O-S dot com to learn more. Man, the thought of being across from Khalil Mack really scares me. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to sleep well. Uh, so uh, the cycling back to your time at Penn State, and you talked about some of the influences you've had with the, the, the Detroit Lions. We talked about Brent Pry. I imagine James Franklin was a big part of your time uh, in State College. But what players really made the experience for you as an Nittany Lion? Oh, man. Um I mean, from the day that we first signed, like even before we signed, like when we were just getting recruited and we were committed, like our class of commits that we had was so close. 
Like we had this group chat that I've been running for like months where we were always talking to each other, checking in, even during this, our senior year of high school, like during that season. And then obviously when the whole O'Brien thing happened and O'Brien left and Coach Franklin came back, I mean, we were always checked in and making sure, you know, we stayed together and stuff. So, I mean, and, and even to this day, I mean, these, this group of guys is really like some of my closest friends. And a lot of them are, are obviously still doing well in the league to this day. I mean, Trace, Marcus Allen, Nick Scott, Grant Haley, Amani, who I'm still playing with, you know, on the Lions now. I mean, there's just a ton of guys, you know, Troy Apke that I'm still really close with. And I think we just had a really special class. I mean, we, we knew we wanted to come in and do something special. And, you know, the work ethic that was put forth by all those guys, the grind throughout those four years to trying to bring Penn State back to prominence and, you know, out of those dark days, I think it's, it's something that that's very, very special. You mentioned the closeness of, of you and your teammates here, because I, I think that's something really important because I look back at that senior class that I was a part of in 2012. And I, I talk about it all the time. Like we had really good football players, but we had great people. And, and, you know, you show up with these guys, you go through four or five years, you know, uh, of an extremely difficult, you know, workout regimen, right? You know, football practice, you know, ups and downs of playing Division One football. But I think when you have this, this, this unit, this, this group that you're close with, it translates to on-field performance, right? Oh, yeah. So t- talk about what that was like for you, like how that helped you know, you guys play well each and every Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think to me, and I think not a lot of people know this about, you know, football teams, you know, chemistry isn't truly built at the facility. You know, that's not where chemistry grows. Chemistry isn't built, you know, throwing passes to each other. You know, somewhat it is to an extent, but real chemistry, real trust is built outside the locker room, outside the facility. You know, the teams that – go out together and hang out and you know about, uh, you know, your teammates wife and their kids names and you're over their house and you hang out with their kids, you know, like that kind of stuff is what really builds true chemistry. That kind of stuff is the stuff that makes, you know, like I can trust this guy to my right. I can trust this guy to my left. And we really had that at Penn state. Um, I mean, we were so close. We hung out all the time, study hall, you know, all of those things, even outside the building, going out, whatever the case may be. And I think, when you have that, you know, it just makes it so much easier to get out on that field and to talk under pressure and to, you know, me able me playing linebacker. I got Marcus behind me. I'm making my calls on Marcus or we may have to see some type of formation that we're supposed to make a check to. And it's like we got to like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't even have to look back at Marcus. I know Marcus already knows because we already went back home and we talked about it. You know what I mean? I think that that was a special thing about, you know, the players that we had at Penn state is like, I mean, we would have plays at practice. The scout team may, you know, burn us for a touchdown and we're asking to get the play replayed before the coaches even say anything. And I think when you have that level of accountability that comes from your players first, before it even comes from your coaches, I think that's when you have, you know, your most successful teams. And and that's what we had at Penn state. One of the things that I found was extremely important when, you know, you do have great relationships with, your teammates, like you guys can depend on one another. You can also rely on one another. And, and, you know, it's like when I was a preferred walk on at Penn state, right. You may think, you know, the coaches don't want to play you or the coaches don't trust you or the coaches believe in you. My teammates always believed in me when I was undrafted, right. 
you know, you, you may be thinking, am I going to get cut? Are they going to keep me? Are they not going to keep me? I don't know what the coach is thinking. Are they tell me the truth. They're not telling me the truth. My teammates always told me the truth. My teammates always believed in me. So that is what I found was always the most important aspect and the most important part of playing football. And that's a big, big reason as to why you play the game, you know, in, in what ways for you being an undrafted guy in the NFL, were you able to rely, you know, and just, and just talk about the process with your teammates day in and day out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest part of being undrafted is the mental battle. Um, because I think a lot of players coming out of college, like you're looking for that validation when it comes from the draft, like you look for that validation, like being drafted feels, I'm sure I wouldn't know, but I'm sure being drafted feels like validation, like, okay, I should be here. I belong here. So when you go undrafted, you know, you don't feel that validation. You don't feel that belonging or, you know, I got picked. I was handpicked by this team. So I think that's one of the biggest things is when you first get there is, you know, starting to make plays and building that confidence or of I belong here. This is where I belong. It doesn't matter about me getting drafted or not drafted. Like I know I belong. I'm just as good and building that confidence. I think that comes first. Um, you know, one, one thing that really helped me and, I, you know, I've told Marshawn this, and I was locker mates with Marshawn when I first got to um, Oakland and I, it might've been after the sixth or seventh practice, you know, Marshawn kind of came back to the locker room after a practice and he came up to me. He was like, Hey man, he's like, you belong here, bro. He was like, you yeah. keep making plays. I, you know, I made a few plays during that practice and, you know, he came up to me and said, Hey, you, you belong here. He said, you keep making plays like that. You're going to have a career, bro. You know, and, and I'm sure he didn't even know at that time, but hearing that from Marshawn, I mean, that, that really helped me a lot. It's all you need. It's all you need right there. You know, especially coming from a player like that, that I grew up watching, you know, coming in as a young player. So to hear that validation from him, that gave me the confidence boost to really push myself and go further and not lose confidence. Because when you lose confidence, you're not going to play well. You're not going to play fast. You know, you can't play football scared. You can't play football timid. It's not a it's not a feel your way type of sport. You can't play the game like that. So um, I I think that really helped me continue to gain that edge and really just put more of a a chip on my shoulder of, you know what, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. It kind of lets you know that, all right, what I am doing is right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of that reassurance that, you know, you don't necessarily always need. But sometimes, man, it definitely helps like, all right, my teammates, you know, I have support for my teammates. My teammates can see what I'm doing on a daily basis. That's all I need because no coach, no GM, no scout, nobody's going to pat you on the back and say, hey, you're doing a great job. You're definitely going to be a part of our roster here come come (laughs) September. It just doesn't happen. You know, you mentioned belonging, you know, and for me, having the opportunity to play for the Oakland Raiders for four years, I felt like I belong there. Yep. Like it was just one of those things where it's like, I belong wearing the silver and black. And mm-hmm. for you, you had the opportunity to play in Oakland for a year and now to play for the Detroit lions. I mean, you talk about teams with tradition, with history, just known for being tough football teams. So, yep. so for you, I mean, how, how good does it feel to be, to have been a part of the Raiders organization and now to be able to, you know, walk out on the field each and every day and represent the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. You know, I'll be forever um, thankful to the Raiders. I mean, I loved playing in front of those fans. I loved playing in Oakland. I mean, the fans were always absolutely nuts, you know, regardless of what our record was, how many games we won, anything like that. I mean, they always came out and were, you know, bad for us, you know, 
regardless of they travel so well too. They, I, I mean, I, traveling I, I, the I, home I, games were yeah. crazy. I mean, they were ready to fight the opposing fans. I mean, they <laughs> freaking rode hard. They often do. Yeah, they're good about that. <laughs> Maybe not <laughs> anymore. They're more tame nah, in Vegas. And I, I miss the black hole. I mean, I think it's cool that they're in Vegas now, but I mean, that Oakland Stadium. I think to me, that's just like classic. And then coming here to Detroit, um, it reminded me a lot of the situation and coming into Penn State of just, or, or better, it's reminding me a lot of the Penn State situation from an aspect of bringing an organization back to life and what that process looked like. And I feel like now with Coach Campbell, I can feel a lot of the same elements that I felt at Penn State starting to come together. You know, from a togetherness aspect, from a everybody's has that 100% all in belief. You know, guys working hard, guys staying after, guys getting extra reps, um, you know, guys being transparent with each other, which I think to me is true leadership. You know, we have guys in the locker room who are not afraid to be like, hey, bro, like you're up, like you're up. You ran that route right or you don't know you get on. Your you know, we don't have guys who are afraid to say that. And it's all because, you know, we want to be successful here so bad. We want to bring a, a winner back to Detroit so bad and back for these fans because, these fans are dying for a winner and we know we're going to bring it to them, you know, and it's been obviously a, a grind, um, you know, these past three years, but with coach Campbell and these guys here, you know, we're really building the, we're building it the right way and you can feel it. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard, butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. Um, one thing, obviously, we're all about, you know, what Penn State's about to do here in 2022. There have been comparisons by certain Penn State fans to the 2016 team that won a Big Ten title that you were a part of. And going into that season, that Penn State football team was unranked. Now, flashing forward to 2022, similar situation for this Penn State football team. I don't know how in touch you are with the current team. And obviously, you're got your focuses on the National Football League. But when you go into a season, when you know what you have and the outside noise is maybe a little more negative than it is internally, how much of a motivating factor is that? Yeah, um, you know, I think in football or just like playing sports at a high level, you try your best to drown out the noise, whether it's positive or negative. And I think we did a really good job of that, you know, especially with that 2016 team, like, we were all about, at the end of the day, none of these people who are saying are in this building. None of these people are witnessing the work. None of these people are at practice. None of these people really know. You know, but we know. And, and having that belief in each other, I mean, like, I think a lot of times during that 2016 year, we were dubbed like a second half team. You know, but like, there wasn't a game that we went into that we didn't feel like we were going to win. You know, it didn't matter what the score was. I mean, we were playing Wisconsin the Big Ten Championship. The score was like, what, 28 to 7 at halftime? something like that. But like we walked into that, that, that uh, locker room at halftime, there was not one head down. There was not, there was none of that type of energy. We just knew who we were and we knew that we were going to find a way we were going to fight to the death, to the last second, to that. That's just the type of team that we were. And we knew that at the end of the day, we weren't going to look up until that clock hit all zeros and we'll worry about that score until the clock, you know, hit all zeros. You know, we, we came back and won that game in, in epic fashion, but 
Uh, I mean, we had a lot of games that were like that. We were down at halftime and we needed to scratch back and win. Um, so that was that was an incredible season, incredible group of guys um, in general. You guys did some really fantastic stuff at that point in time. And, and you currently uh, are doing some really fantastic things uh, in your community in Detroit. Um, this past year, you were a nominee for the 2021 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is a huge honor within the NFL. Um, and largely in part because of what you do in the community uh, in Detroit. Uh, walk us through, A, that nomination, and then B, what it is you are doing in the community. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it, it, it was a huge honor, obviously, to get recognized in that type of light. I mean, when you talk about Walter Payton and, you know, what a guy like Walter Payton stood for, you know, giving a voice to the people who seemed like they didn't have a voice, you know, standing up for those who are voiceless, all those kinds of things, you know, being that pillar in so many communities and, and really driving change and, and, and driving really what we, we call legacy um, today. So, you know, to be able to leave that kind of mark or, or, or leave that impression on people, I think meant the world to me, but I mean, the kids mean so much to me. I mean, they're our future. You know, I say it all the time when I go and talk to, to, to my kids. It's like, you guys are our future. There may be one of you in this room that could be our next president, you know? And I think to me, it's really just about bridging the gap and giving these kids as much opportunity, as much resources as they need to be able to be successful. Um, I mean, I know for me, if I had an NFL player come in and talk to me, I know I would think that was the coolest thing. I mean, I took my my kids over at uh, Davidson Elementary School to to the Michigan uh, Science Center the other day. And I mean, to be able to take my kids on a field trip, I mean, you guys know, like when we were kids and we got to go on a field trip, that was like the coolest thing. Like you always time. remember those days where you get to be, even though you're going on a field trip and you still get to learn, like just to be able to learn outside of the school environment was always, you know, such a cool thing. So to be able to provide them with those kind of opportunities, you know, we do a book drive every year. I got another book drive coming up for Davidson this year where we're actually going to be able to service all K through 12, which I think is absolutely huge, you know, a big step forward. Um, you know, with Wisdom Passage, one of the <clears throat> charities that I work with, that's based out in L.A., you know, we're um, identifying different neighborhoods and different places that we feel are, are of in need. And, you know, one of our first places that we're starting is in Atlanta, and we're starting really a a STEM program, basically, where we're going to provide these kids with Wi-Fi, with Internet, with laptops to be able to do like you look at school and education nowadays, like everything is online. I mean, we went just went through COVID and these kids all had to like their kids who don't have access to Wi-Fi, don't have laptops, like just by default, they're already going to be falling behind because they don't have access to these things. So when it comes to bridging that that gap, those are the kind of things that I'm talking about, just providing them with the resources and also pushing them you know, towards jobs and towards occupations that they normally don't see people who look like themselves in. You know, one of the biggest things that we've talked about over the summer in terms of stuff we're going to start, you know, incorporating this year is, you know, bringing in different professionals who look like them and come talk to them. Because sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, what black kid in America could have said, oh, I want to be president one day if he never saw Barack Obama? You know, I think stuff like that is so, so powerful just because if you don't see somebody who looks like you, it's hard for you to really see yourself getting into that thing. And I think that's one of the big disconnects that we have right now. So trying to connect all those things, connect those dots, show these kids that, no, you can get here. If this is what you want to do, this is the pathway. And bringing in those professionals to be able to explain that to them. Hey, you know, I went to school and I did this. I went to this school and this was my degree. 
I started at this job and then I ended up here, you know, hearing all those kinds of things, I think is, is really important for them. So that representation is critical. You're doing some fantastic stuff. Um, quickly for our audience that wants to check out your charities, what are some websites that they should head to? Um, I believe Wisdom Passages um, website is wisdompassages.org. And I want to say Athletes for Charity is athletesforcharity.org. Um, but if you just look up Athletes for Charity, it pops up like the first link. You know, Wisdom Passage, we kind of just got started last year. But I mean, we've done some some great work so so far. We've hosted a, a huge football camp that, you know, was a big success. And, you know, like I said, we're targeting different neighborhoods to kind of push our STEM programs, stuff like that. So you now I'm excited of the work that we're doing. Um, you know, we got the Jason Cabinda Attendance Award this year at, at Davidson Elementary School. You know, we're working on a, a, a scholarship as well for these kids. So, you know, just trying to do my part. Um, you know, my mom always said it takes a village to raise a child. And, you know, that's that's the truth. Um, that's the truth. I mean, you don't know what these kids are going through at home. You don't know what their situations are. You know, for some of them, going to school is their safe haven. Um, so, you know, being able to make that place and make it be a place that can benefit them in the most ways, whether it's through their teachers, whether it's through them having the right books, the right resources, the right, you know, backpacks, supplies, you know, whatever that case may be. You know, I want to be somebody that, that is able to help, you know, push that forward. You're doing some great things on and off the field, Jason, and you make Penn Staters very proud. So we appreciate your time as Nittany Lion, and we wish you the best of luck this upcoming right. season with the Detroit Lions. Heal up, get back going to doing what you do as a fullback and crack some heads, have some fun. So <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College next Thursday, again from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tune in and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.